You're listening to Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of our new podcast, Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. On this one, we'll look back at episode 67. Uh, it, it was titled The Ham Radio Episode, which was recorded on 3-6-2015. And it featured actor Thomas Lennon of Reno 911 fame and many other shows and movies. He's been in a bunch of stuff. We also spoke with comedian and actor Judah Friedlander, also known as the world champion. He was and is a very funny dude. Uh, musically, we had on one of the um, really, really good Northwest rock bands, the F-Holes, who performed live in our studio on this episode. So uh, I want to get this thing started, but I have to first introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a decent guffaw? Oh, all right. Here you go. <laughs> oh, but I've already told you, with this new podcast, I won't be bringing my A game every episode. There will be times like right now where I'm not really feeling it, and my laughing will be a bare minimum effort. Something you should, of course, be very aware, very aware of, as that has always been your calling card yeah, in your yeah. career. Well, I know I really can't challenge you to up your game unless I put in you know, more than my regular 60% effort. So that guffaw will do, okay? All right. Oh, fine. Uh, yeah. Fine. So now I must introduce our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead and acknowledge my acknowledgement of you. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, we both know, Spud, my official title is temporary permanent co-host, but you continue to misstate my position on the radio show, and now this new podcast, I'll keep a stiff upper lip, and I'll deal with it, I guess, but you know what? I've been with this program for what, like over eight years or so? How about I get a little bit of respect here? I can do that. You you got it. Uh, I just gave you a little respect, and, and I hope you'll be gracious and accept it without, you know, like, you know, trying to guilt me into dispensing a higher degree of respect. I mean, there has to be a, a healthy balance, you know. Okay, the level of respect you have now given me will suffice, but I will say it won't be enough in the long run. Very soon, you'll need to fully respect me as your co-host. <laughs> well, uh, how about my people? We'll get back to your people on that one. All right. So yeah. So now I need to introduce our our intern who has uh, chosen to stay with us on this uh, new podcast thing. Here is Chance, the intern. That's your cue to say something. Make it brief and to the point. Why am I under any time restraints with this podcast? You can't use your old excuse that we're running behind schedule like on our radio show. Yeah. There are, well. there are no limitations with the podcast these days. doesn't have to be 60 minutes exactly now. It can be 34 or even 44 minutes if you want. Plenty of time for myself, Dorothy, or yes, even Gerald to fully express ourselves. So... I would like to say that I will only be doing basic intern duties these days as I'm about to graduate from community college and I won't be getting any credit for working here free of charge. Uh, honey, honey, there are times in life where 
We do things not just for personal gain. I've asked you to be with me on this podcast as it's just one more experience we can have together. Life is short, and I want to share things with you as much as possible. That is sweet, Mrs. Jarvitz, though your relationship with Chance continues to make me very uncomfortable. I am a romantic myself, and I totally get uh, wanting to spend time with your fiancé. You know, once the upcoming wedding day is over, you know, like uh, after the marriage has been consummated, I'm projecting this uh, need to share every experience together. Uh, Well, you know, it's going to take a hit. Uh, You know, the old needing some space. You remember, that's a pretty popular thing. Some private time. That's going to take center stage. I I remember in all of my marriages, uh, at first we both wanted to hang out together all the time, too. Until we didn't. No, nonsense. I spend every waking moment I have when not working with my lovely wife, Rachel. We are inseparable. Yeah, I don't think that's healthy, Gerald. Dorothy and I love each other a lot, but I'll still need to have time available to play video games. We do play together a lot, but I also need to go against top-notch players online to keep my skills sharp. No offense, Dorothy, but... You're getting better at Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. Soon you'll be pretty good. And and Dorothy, being married does not mean you have to play video games, you know, just because your husband orders you to, okay? Um, You have the right to say no. Don't forget that. Uh, I want you to call me if you ever feel forced to play, you know, and I'm going to come right over to your place and take care of this guy. But I love to play video games with my sweetie. No need to worry about me, Spud. All right, if you say so. Okay, let, let's get underway here and take a look back at the, the ham radio episode. Uh, Dave, can you play, play a little bit of the first segment? I think my illustrious uh, temporary co-host here uh, had some dumb idea. Yeah, well, once again, it's temporary permanent co-host. But, uh, but yeah, continue. Yeah, thank you. Someone just play it. That's good to know. So, uh, Spud, I wanted to bring this up before we got too far into the show. A guy I know at work, uh, you know, I think everyone who listens knows that besides being the co-host here, I also have a sales position yeah, at yeah, South yeah, Seattle yeah. Carpet and Linoleum. Yeah. And by the way, just a heads up to our listeners, we are having a big closeout sale on shag carpeting. In supplementary weft cut loop pile carpet, better known as shag, the structural weft threads alternate with a supplementary weft that rises at right angles to the surface of the weave. This supplementary weft is attached to the warp by a knot. And we have it in most earth tones really? that are popular. Really? Right you're you're going to push carpeting on my show? Well, I'm just throwing it out there that this is one of our biggest sales of the year. But that's not what I wanted to discuss right now. So I have a co-worker there. I think he's still part-time and he's... Not real skilled at closing a sale, but he's really into electronics. And that I, is messed up, yo. I feel he's quite a visionary, and he's made this super <sighs> ham radio. The term ham operator was originally applied by 19th century landline telegraphers to an operator with poor or ham fisted skills. He says it can broadcast outside of our galaxy. Now, how far it goes, I don't even think he knows that for sure. But okay, you know, some popular mechanics geek. We all have friends and relatives like that. Big deal. Oh, no, no, this guy is a genius. I know a guy like that, myself. 
No, no. He he. Listen, listen. What he did. He made a mini robot to clean the toilet at his apartment. Now I didn't believe him, but he brought it into work one day, and that thing took care of both the women's and the men's room at our really? store. You could drink out of him when he was done. And don't underestimate what he can do here. I believe him. Well, how does he know that there is intelligent life or even stupid life out there? What proof does does he have that anybody, you know, would even be there on some? you know, dusty and barren planet to listen to what he's putting out. And by the way, what is he broadcasting? Well, see, that's it. At first, all he did is play a tape of the 1998 Rose Bowl because he had recorded it as a kid on his VCR. Uh, He thought football might be something that all civilizations would find interesting, but now he knows he needs to try something else as maybe, well, people from other planets. a horrible game. I remember it. Welcome to Man Still the Rose Rose Bowl. So, but, uh, you know, he thought other, other, planets might not understand the rules so anyway i suggested our radio show because it has a little something for everyone so what do you say spud he's listening right now he's ready to relay the signal out directly through his super ham radio and to see if anything or anything responds well first of all i don't really believe in aliens from other planets I've just seen too many lame sci-fi movies. That's just killed it for me, you know? Well, but what would we have to lose if my friend Jeff, his name's Jeff, by the way, and yes, your next question, I know he's a Trekkie, but don't judge him. But what what if he sends the show into deep space just to see if anyone's really out there? Well, I guess it couldn't be much worse than it is for us trying to find listeners on that World Wide Web deal. Fine. I don't really care. Tell Jeff, go ahead. Oh, great, great. What do I care? I'd actually already kind of given him the go-ahead, Spud. So this baby is already being broadcast out to who knows what planets right now. Should we make some sort of formal welcoming statement, you know, that we come in peace and we're not trying to overtake their planet? Look, we're not landing on their planet or anything. We're just we're just going to do our normal show, and if some aliens dig it, all the better. But I have enough stuff to worry about right now. And, nah, man... Now that I'm thinking about it, you got into my head. Oh. You know, maybe we should say something, you know. See? Let them know that we're, we're all, you know, let them know what we're all about before we begin. Yeah, I, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do something. Okay. Well, listen, they, they probably won't understand English, I'm sure. So no. they can at least pick up a warm, no. welcoming vibe from you no, right now. I'm pretty sure all aliens are bilingual. So really? language shouldn't be a problem. How about, you know, I let Dave on the soundboard pick some... I don't know, some quick little snippet out to best represent Earthlings. It's too much pressure for me. Dave, they play something that gives them an idea of just who we are and what we're all about, but make it snappy because we're running behind here, all right? When I came back from the hospital, the first thing I did was go look at my vag in the mirror. It looks better looking than before. Good call, yo. Oh, my goodness. It... Is that the best we can offer? Well, like I said, we have other things to be concerned with right now. Hey, I want to play some music, okay. all right? This, uh, this song is... is by- I can't believe I indulged you and, and let you almost wreck that, that show with such a, a lame topic. You know, the, the stupid super ham radio thing. Talk about a turnoff for our listeners. Oh, I thought that episode was one of our very best. I know my wife, Rachel, loved it. She still brings up that one when we talk about the show with our friends at church. Oh, that episode was before my and Chance's time on the show. What year was that again? Uh, it was recorded in 2015. You know, I wanted to take another look at this one, mostly because of having Thomas Lennon on, you know, for the first time. Well, I think just about everyone is interested in a super ham radio that could speak to beings in distant galaxies. You're you're wrong on this one, Spud. Yeah, even though this episode was before my time, I might have even listened to this one. 
I know there are aliens all around us here on Earth, so being able to broadcast to more of them on faraway planets is way cool. We need to attract more aliens to come here. It would really make Earth great again, because right now it's on the downward slide with all of our global climate issues like droughts, floods, and famine too. Fresh blood might help us turn the ship around if it's not already too late. Abe, you are so forward-looking. Just a great mind at work. I hope soon the world community will take notice and utilize your talents. Yeah, I wouldn't mind helping out save things here on Earth. You know, if they really need me. Yeah, right. Uh, Well, let's now cue up my interview with with Thomas Lennon, uh, if it's ready to go. I'm a huge fan of Reno 911, and Thomas will always, always be a a comedy god for his work on that show. Uh, You know, on the day we uh, did this segment, I believe he was in a limo uh, going somewhere when we spoke. And and from what I know about uh, Thomas, the man is always working or on the way to, you know, to do something. I hope he has time for fun now, you know, in his life. He's earned the right to slow down a bit. You know, Spud, on our last podcast episode, actually, it was our first of this new series, you interviewed Tom Green while he was on a train somewhere back east. I kind of see a theme here. Yeah, I would watch out if you put on any more interviews with people on public or private transportation. Jerry Seinfeld could probably sue your ass for ripping off his show, Comedians in Cars or something. Oh, he has the resources to really take you to the cleaner spud. So, yeah, I would listen to Chance about this one. Jerry Seinfeld is a very rich and powerful man. I, I wish him and his lawyers good luck. What's he going to get out of spud? I help him with his taxes each year. It would be less than satisfying as a victory for Jerry. Hey, Jerry Seinfeld doesn't own the rights to interview guests on a train or in a limo. I'm not worried in the least. Just just play the interview with Thomas. You know, this was back when he was promoting his uh, CBS show, The Odd Couple, and of course he played Felix Unger. Did a great job. I think he really, you know, on this particular in this interview, he really had to use the bathroom as we could hear him telling his limo driver to find some place to pee. I mean, he's a man of the people, as we all can relate to that situation, right? So, yeah, cue it up. Thanks. The dude from the wire, do it. Well, I'd, I'd love to get in line for that one. Uh, you know, I, I take it the production schedule for a CBS sitcom is a little less hectic than you experienced on Reno 911? Well, yeah, on Reno 911, basically, I'd be up at about 5 a.m. I'd be wiggling into those tiny shorts. Uh, and then I'd be sort of uh, improvising and wrestling with people in back alleys and gravel pits and... Uh, dried out pools it was a uh it wasn't the most glamorous job right uh, and i will say it's uh you know we do we take the the odd couple in front of a live audience so uh one thing that's nice is uh it's basically like i'm doing a play every week and mm-hmm. i get to wear long pants which has been a real real treat for me yeah i guess that would be a seasonal thing but yeah i uh but i gotta say this on the full uh on the side of full disclosure i I have to divulge i'm a huge huge fan of your work as lieutenant jim dangle um you know it's the show that you robert ben grant and carrie kenny kenny excuse me were created in my opinion it ranks up there in the top i'm I'm gonna i believe this top five all-time greatest comedy shows ever produced it will last forever you could throw in the time capsule they could watch it 200 years from now and still it would kill 
thank you very much. I, I tend to agree, and I think that's because uh, every single thing that we say on the show was off the top of our heads and improvised. Um, can you hang on one second, Spud? I'm just not a problem. Spud, do you have a GPS uh, on your phone? Maybe you could get the address for someplace better than a gas station for Thomas. His limo driver seems lost. You know, maybe a nice deli that had a clean restroom if that's also needed. I think that would be a little presumptuous of me to tell him to go to another nicer place. He may prefer using the facilities at gas stations for all I know. Or maybe this particular gas station has like those Canadian jumbo hot dogs or, or Slurpees. A nice deli would never have any good junk food. You know that. Um, oh, maybe so. I don't know Thomas's snack food preferences. And besides that, most of those nice delis and coffee shops like Starbucks make you feel like a criminal or something when you ask for the code to use their restrooms. I didn't think of that. Gas stations are a lot less judgmental. Okay, get back to the interview. I will if you hey, do I'm back, sorry. it. Um, you know, I, I feel like the reason... Oops, you got to pull up through there, through the gas station. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason that... Okay, sorry. I think the reason that uh, uh, Reno 911 holds up is, be, is because of that, because of the spontaneity, because I think you could tell that uh, everything that we're, we're saying is the, is the first time that we're ever saying it. Right. And we never vetted anything with anybody. We never uh, tested anything out. We just uh, simply, you know, we were inhabiting the characters and just kind of going with it. And that's why a lot of the really, really perfectly stupid stuff that got into the show got into the show. Stuff like uh, who pooped in the book donation box. Right. And, uh, this is the scene where we're cutting open uh, all of the uh, stuffed animals full of cocaine and that sort of stuff. Well, you know, we, we've had a number of performers who have appeared on the program, Nick Swartzen and Andy Daly, to name a couple, and they said like the creative freedom allowed really kind of made it special. Was was breaking character or cracking up a regular occurrence every few minutes? Because that was like nonstop wet your pants funny stuff. You know, the worst uh, the worst uh, perpetrator of that actually was Nick Swartzen. Uh, Surprise. When he would play roller skating street hustler. Yes. Um, Nick was very often uh, just laughing at himself, and we could barely get through takes. So he's, uh, he, uh, no one was as big of a fan of Terry the Roller Skating Street Hustler as uh, as Nick was himself. So, well, I think it was because he always knew what was coming next. He was always a little bit ahead of it. So, right, uh, yeah, he really uh, would crack up a lot. And then Carlos also would laugh a lot. But it it helped that we had the mustaches because it looked you can frequently see me sort of biting into my lip on that show where I'm looking as angry as I can look. Um, and the reason is because I'm trying desperately not to laugh really hard. Um, true or false that the, uh, the short shorts that uh, were part of your character are, are, have turned out to be a huge uh, Halloween kind of thing for people? You know, they're one of the, the Lieutenant Dangle outfit. The store-bought version is actually one of the best sellers every year. Um, and I think it's because uh, what I've found is when you're in it, um, ladies love to touch you. Yeah, all Start right. Come up, give you Super. a pat on the butt when you're wearing it. So I guess uh, it seems to have caught on uh, for that uh, sort of naughty Halloween party night outfit. It, it uh, seems to fill that uh, slot perfectly. All right, Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to wrap this thing, but I had a couple more questions. So you're also a very successful screenwriter, as you and your writing partner, uh, Robert Ben Garant, have wrote all three of the Night at the Museum films in addition to a number, uh, number of other movies. So when exactly do you find the time to knock out screenplays with your schedule? Just just curious. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, if you're going to write studio movies, you basically have to write compulsively. So um, every second I'm not um, doing The Odd Couple. I'm with uh, either, you know, writing myself or writing with my partner, and uh, Ben Grant. 
people I've been with for about 20-some years now. So um, it's, uh, it's a compulsion more than anything else. <laughs> well, you, you do know that you make it seem somewhat effortless while others are having like a psychotic break struggling to put something on paper. So from your peers' perspective, you might be the defining example in Hollywood of that word uh, schadenfreude. I'm just saying. Oh, great. Uh, I was always hoping to be that. And uh, the other thing I'll tell you is uh, the reason I think we get a lot of movies made is because we write so many movies. I think uh, our ratio, even if you're at the top of the game, our ratio for uh, getting movies made is about uh, one out of ten scripts that we write gets made. So just uh, just write ten movies, and then there's a slight chance that one of them will get made. All right, super. Well, I just wrote that down. All right, prepare for my closing cliche-ridden finale here. Um, and here, here, here we go. Uh, what has been your most memorable moment in show business to this point? Uh, this is a very easy, hands down, no question. Uh, I was in a movie called "I Love You, Man." Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Where uh, Paul Rudd and I were actually nominated for an MTV Award for Best Kiss, which was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at the opening night of that film. And uh, I brought with me my friend Weird Al Yankovic, who's one of my best friends. Oh, and super. And the band Rush appears in the film uh, I Love You, Man. Mm-hmm. So that night, uh, at that party, Weird Al Yankovic introduced me to Getty Lee, lead singer of Rush. And I've never in my life felt more positive like I had made it. It's probably the happiest I've ever been other than the birth of my son. I think there's many uh, staff members that work on our show that would be, uh, yeah, just, just hearing that story will uh, put a pep in their step. All right. Um, well, I, I want to remind our listeners once again that Thomas Lennon has a new CBS series, The Odd Couple, now airing at 8.30 p.m. on Thursday nights. So I highly advise everyone to tune in. That is my recommendation. Well, thank you so much again for checking in with us, Thomas. Thank you, bud. Anytime, buddy. All right. Take care. You know, I really hope Thomas did not have an accident before he got to the gas station restroom, as I doubt he had another pair of pants with him in the limo. Now, I know, that has happened to me before, so uh, now in the trunk of my car, I always keep a fresh pair of underwear and, like, some khaki slacks, you know, tan, so uh, they go with just about anything. Uh, Good to know. Yeah. Dorothy, I haven't had an accident since I was maybe four or five years old. You'll never have to worry about that happening when we go on a road trip in your car. Oh, I'm not concerned, honey. When nature calls, you have to deal with it. I know, but I've totally outgrown this problem. No need to put a change of clothes in your car for me. You know, Gerald, that must be embarrassing. Like, how often does that happen to you? Well, I mean... Just a, a few times. You know, after I've drank like a large soft drink, usually uh, a 7-Up, and I don't use the restroom before I get in the car. Okay, okay, enough about bathroom habits. Right now, I'd like to play uh, the interview with our musical guest for this episode, uh, the F-Holes. Uh, really one of the, the great uh, rock, punk, garage bands in the Northwest. Uh, uh, I know I had them on one of my first episodes of my old cable TV show back in 1985. Uh, and, I, and I have to sadly make an announcement here. Uh, their uh, lead singer and guitarist, Tony Matthews, recently passed away. It was a big loss for the Seattle music community as he was a great guy and, of course, a very talented musician. Uh, cue up our conversation. All right, it is musical guest interview time. Please welcome the F-Holes. Gentlemen, all right, 
Howdy. Yeah. Hey, uh, your band has now attained tenure here on the Spud Goodman Show. I mean, you guys were either the first or the second band on our show in February of 85. So either you guys are the U-Men. But anyway... We're all still alive, so let's let's pat ourselves on the back for that. It's good. Right. It's a good thing. All right, yeah. super. All right. Um, now, did, didn't the band celebrate a certain milestone recently? How long has it been? You guys been together? Yes, but we had uh, our 30-year anniversary uh, last November. That's outlasted uh, all four of our marriages combined. <laughs> super. Yeah. Well, I got four alone. Oh. Wow. You've got right. two or three. He's got a dozen. So together, maybe double figures, the whole group, everybody. That's, that's, well, all right, super. Um, hey, well, there's rock and there's rock. So who were the biggest influences back when you guys started the band? Who inspired you, uh, you know, way back? Well, the Sonics are definitely a big influence. Oh, yeah. Um, the Northwest Sound, of course, the U-Men. Um, lots of bands. Uh, the Gun Club. Cramps. Uh, Cramps. Cramps were big to us. Uh, the Wipers from Portland. For an influence. Right. Well, you know, if, if I was asked that question, I'd probably ask for a lifeline because that's so far back. I, I, I would add some difficulty. I'm impressed. You guys did. Well done. Well done. Um, where, where do you guys see rock headed? Uh, just not here in Seattle and Northwest, but globally, because it seems to be doing really well outside the U.S. right now. But youngsters in America seem to enjoy like sounds from a computer and just not organic stuff. That, is that upsetting or is it just a passing phase? Uh, very upsetting, uh, and I had to just start ignoring it. So now I'm fine. All right. Well, let's just, just hope it's it. a passing phase. You know, everything goes in circles. That's what the one. That's that that's all. That, I'm going with that one. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, how long do you guys think you can play? I mean, uh, I mean, the Sonics are, have proved that age is irrelevant, as they're they're kicking ass on stage right now and in in the studio. How how long you want to play? Forever? As long as you can. Right. Pretty much. You know? All right. I like that. I like the old folks home. We'll be playing at Merrill Gardens. You know, we'll be up there. Short set, 15 minutes. (laughs) All right. Well, what's the name of the first song you're going to do? This is a song called Geneva. All right. Let's do it. All right. Ready, fellas? Sweet Geneva, she's a rock and roll socialite. Geneva, sweet Geneva, she'll be out on the town tonight. So now you think you're gonna make the scene, you think you're really gonna party it down. But if you didn't go with Geneva, you ain't really been to town. Well, if you watch the tabloids, you can see that Geneva really gets around. From a swanky penthouse to the dives of the Bohemian underground And she's smiling at the paparazzi from the window of her limousine Inquiring minds just need to know what she does and where she's been But she's a tattooed queen with a long blonde hair And she stands about six feet tall you know the crowds will follow just to see the shenanigans that she'll pull. They know that things are always lively people when Geneva is in the house. Well, there's a twinkle in her eye, a big smile on her mouth. A Geneva, sweet Geneva, she's a rock and roll socialite. 
Geneva, sweet Geneva She'll be out on the town tonight So now you think you're gonna make the scene Think you're really gonna party down But if you didn't go with Geneva You ain't really been to town Yeah! Likes to follow her wherever she goes Well, she's famous and she's beautiful But she never looks down her nose Because she really does love her faithful fans When they come to hear her sing a song Well, she's as sweet a superstar That ever did come along A Geneva, sweet Geneva She's a rock and roll socialite Geneva, sweet Geneva She'll be out on the town tonight So now you think you're gonna make the scene Think you're really gonna party down But if you didn't go with Geneva You ain't really been to town Yeah, if you didn't go with Geneva You ain't really Well, you know, those F-holes sure could play that rock and roll music, though I myself do prefer something a bit softer, like uh, a nice Michael Buble tune, but uh, they were very entertaining. Well, I wasn't on the show back then, but I am an F-Holes fan. I've seen them many times playing clubs in the Seattle area over the years. They still rock, and Tony will be missed. Maybe you could take me with you, Dorothy, when you go to a club to catch a band. I'm not familiar with the F-Holes, but if you like them, I know I would too. Sure, sweetie. I didn't know you would be interested. I'll check what bands are playing in the area this weekend. Hey, uh, little fella, I'm speaking to you, Chance. I would advise you to bring some paper towels or toilet paper for your ears as it can get a bit loud in the clubs. A heck of a lot louder than it was, you know, than it is or was uh, when we had bands playing on our show in the studio. Your young ears may not handle it well. Anyway, let's move on here and check out a call from our show's orchestra, Accordion Joe. Yeah, you know, ever since we made the decision to do away with them performing live on the show and we, you know, decided to use just a tape version of them, well, the, you know, the guy became pretty darn bitter. Uh, he, he was just always causing trouble. Here, here's a bit of a call he made, you know, into the show back then, under false pretenses, I should say. Uh, roll it. But we have a call. He says he's from Clear Channel. Really? Isn't that the evil radio corporation that's tried to ruin local radio across this country? That's the one, right? Well, yeah. Well, 
Put them on. I'm not afraid of some thug from a multinational radio corporation. Really? Guys like that don't scare me. I mean, you know, maybe a little, but excuse me, sir, are you are you there? It's me, Spud. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is messed up, yo. Uh, accordion Joe, you, you do know impersonating another human, let alone a multinational empty suit, could get you in serious trouble. Spud, if I said it was me, you would never have taken the call. I was about to do something drastic, so it's a damn good thing I got through. Threatening to harm somebody is a crime, and that would be very unwise, a uh, very unwise thing to do, Joe. Spud, tell that candy-ass wannabe co-host to butt out right Charlie, now. I'm not threatening any harm to anybody except, well, maybe me. Spud, if you won't let me play on the air live each week, I will be staging Just a hunger out. strike. Just Actually, I am now in hour four of the strike. But since I'm on right now, I guess I can have a little snack while we're well, talking. What is the question? How about some liverwurst and cheese? It's a good source of protein during a hunger strike. Uh, well, you do know that the strike is essentially over if you're snacking right now. I'm not messing around here. Though I will do whatever it takes to deserve what I deserve because I am the orchestra of the show. And I can't at least call in once a week and play for a couple of tunes just for the listeners. Just take it down a notch. Uh, accordion Joe, Spud's just following the directive of our executive producer, Lori Madsen. She said listener research is clear that people hate the accordion. Just butt out, okay? Spud, if you don't let hey. me play, I will slowly, slowly waste away. And that will be on your head. Look, there's no need to kill yourself over a little air time. Jeez, just just play a few seconds of something right now, and I gotta move on because we're running really late. Now, oh my god. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. I'm... Uh, okay, so... Besides being a fine gentleman, isn't he a great accordion player? I have still never met Accordion Joe personally to this day. Why is he always so angry? I get it why he's not welcome here in the studio, but do all old people get angry when they're at their when their career doesn't end well? No, no. Not all seniors are angry, Chance. Accordion Joe does have some issues about unmet career dreams. That's something that some of us younger staff members on the show can understand. Are you insinuating that my aunt here is uh, is bitter and angry also? I, I no. think you owe her an apology and other seniors now listening, okay? <laughs> Not my Dorothy. I've never seen her with a scowl on her face. She's just always so cheerful about life. No, I was talking about every other older person, like you, Spud. How, how, how old do you think I am? I may be bitter, but it has nothing to do with my age. Well, age is nothing but a number, Spud. And accordion Joe will someday come to accept that one door may close career-wise, but another might open in the future. He just needs to stay positive. But in your case, Bud, well, you may be past the time when any doors are still going to open for you. I'm just saying. So you will just have to accept the cards you're dealt. I don't know about that, Aunt Dorothy, but I, I do know that even that Norman Vincent Peale dude could ever make Accordion Joe a happy person. You know, that's another topic. Let's 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 just get back to uh, a little bit more of our conversation about that dumb super ham radio idea of yours, Gerald. Uh, it was not dumb. It's just what we're supposed to listen to next. So, uh, what were you thinking? Uh, attracting aliens from distant galaxies to tune in? 
Yeah. And on this segment, I think our in-house band, the folk singers in hell, join in too. So here's a more here's a bit more of it. Uh, Spud, my buddy Jeff just texted me. Uh, I know you don't want me to be on the phone during the show, but he wanted to let us yeah. know. He thinks that uh, the beings are listening in on this broadcast. He has an app that detects how many listeners he gets on his ham radio, and he said that uh, four and a half somethings are listening right now, or at least they were a few minutes ago. Is that cool or what? Well, four and a half? That's not bad. Well, maybe know, maybe we should try to provide some entertainment that they might be interested in. But look, we already had the F-holes play live on our show. Yeah. If aliens aren't into them then they're not worth our time listen i'm sure aliens dig rock and roll just like us but maybe a different volume is they could have super sensitive hearing or something it's somewhat patronizing to assume they're exactly like us and their tastes who knows yeah. maybe they're know. into jazz or or uh, military anthems gerald on the subject of rock and roll you have no clue a check of your ipod would make one feel blue Good thing bad taste in music is not contagious like the flu. I'm not going to lie here. The, the This whole thing is making me very uncomfortable. All I can think of saying to them is that from that thing from the movie, Gort Klatu Barada Niktor, I don't know, whatever that thing is. Mm. Is that racist? Because I, I don't I don't know what it means. It could be racist. I, I don't know. Do you want me to Google it? No, because if it is racist to beings on some other planet, I'd rather not know right now. You can fill me in when we're off the air. My friend said it's impossible for us to know what's offensive to residents of other planets. He's not worried about it, so I don't what, think you should be. What's that guy's name? again jeff why okay, because it's all on jeff if suddenly we say or do something that could create an ugly intergalactic incident it's on him oh well m maybe this would be a good time for me to issue an apology like a one-size-fits-all just in case we've ruffled a few feathers i would like to say <clears throat> that all of us on the spud goodman radio show are deeply sorry if we said or did anything offensive or insulting to all who are listening to this show on other planets we may look and talk differently than you but I know we must share some basic yeah. concerns. Yeah. You me at hello. Like, like getting some decent movies on HBO and Showtime? Oh, yeah. Home Box Office, or HBO, is the oldest pay television service in the United States. In February 1973, Home Box Office aired its first television special, the Pennsylvania Polka Festival. Because I'm sure they can pick up the feeds up there for free, and they're probably pissed too. I mean, now these, these pay channels crank out their own weekly shows and they've cut way back on the movies. How screwed is that? I mean, and it may not be at the top of my list, you know, but and for non-Earthlings too, but it's at least my number two pet peeve. Mm -hmm. Number one, of course, is you know still too few cashews in those cans of mixed nuts. Oh, yeah. It drives me crazy that they think nut lovers gladly accept their decision to skimp on the cashews and go heavy on the cocktail peanuts and Brazil nuts instead. <laughs> A terrible decision. Terrible. Yeah, I, I hear you. My wife has mentioned that many times at church gatherings. Yeah, okay. Sometimes you just want a handful of cashews and yeah. a bunch of filler nuts. They won't yeah. cut it. Okay, can you just please assume the one and only... I hate cashews. They always give me gas. Uh, no one asked your opinion of cashews, Chance. You're, you're obviously not a connoisseur of fine nuts. Uh, you strike me as like a plain unsalted peanut guy. And this is just another reason why Chance and I are such a great match. I do love cashews myself, so I have free access to all of them in the mixed nuts that I buy at Safeway. And Chance can pick through what's left. It's a win-win for, for both of us then. 
Yeah, oh, nice, nice. Uh, but okay, let, let's move on to my interview with uh, comedian and actor Judah Friedlander. Um, he, he was a co-star on the NBC series 30 Rock back then. And, and, and since then, you know, he's quite active doing stand-up, touring the country right now as I speak. Uh, so people need to go check out his website, judahfriedlander.com, for dates. Uh, cue up the interview, Dave. Well, hey, let me I get, tested it. But let me get let me let me something I want to hit you up with. I've been thinking about this uh, uh, yeah. during the show. I I I, uh, I didn't really broach the subject with our previous guest Thomas Lennon because uh, I didn't want to freak him out. But you uh, are the most knowledgeable guest we could have on this topic. So I need to give you a heads up that this broadcast is being relayed to distant galaxies uh, via some guy's super ham radio. I guess it has like eight hundred thousand watts and says the signal can go billions of miles into space. That's pretty cool, huh? I think that's great. No, I'm a, I, I'm I'm a fan of ham radios. That's sort of the internet before there was the internet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know? Well, is there anything you, Judah, right off the bat, I uh, want to say to beings on other planets, or are maybe you know maybe they're traveling on a spacecraft and are listening on their own kind of tune-in? Can you drop some Earthling wisdom on them? Uh, not really. You know, I, I've been to outer space a lot, uh-huh. and uh, it, it's fine. It's a little boring. It's quiet. You know, you can get a lot of work done yep. if you need to do studying or anything like that, or if you just want to read. But uh, not a whole lot going on out there. All right. Well, if, if anyone... Jupiter's d- good. Jupiter? Jupiter's Let me write that down. I'm going to write that uh, down. Jupiter. For physical training, because their gravitational pull is so strong. I did so not know that. work on your vertical jump, you know, go to Jupiter. Train there, dude. Wow, yeah. I'm writing that down. Um, well, if anyone does get back to us, like gives us, gives us any kind of feedback on tonight's show, I'm going to let you know. But I was thinking, though, there might be a huge untapped market for our comedy out there in other galaxies. It, if it could be monetized, you know, some kind of space, ASCAP or BMI. So I was just throwing that out. To, you know, it might get you off the road for a while. Just something to think about, all right? Um, that's a good idea. Um, you know, I might open up a comedy club in outer space. That's what, the first one. That's kind of that's kind of very thinking. serious out there. They're very serious. Well, do they, don't, you, they, don't, they don't really have sarcasm out there. You know, it's all just business. I did not know that. Um, you, you think maybe a giggles or a laugh factory might work up there? Yeah, I think it's a good. Uh, you know, the. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think that's a, either one of those would be fine. All right, super. You just throw up. You know, just need a mic, a chair, and you know. Uh, I think the brick walls are passe, but I'm sure you know whatever. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's let's talk wrestling, all right? Um, or should yeah. I or should I say Wall Street? Now I got, I want to hit you with this. How the hell did stock in the WWE go up fifty percent in the last month? What the hell is going on? Is there about to be a wrestling gold rush going on, like the tech industry in the early two thousands? Yeah, I'm not sh- I'm not sure, you know, because for the past year they've been having trouble, and now it, it's going up. You know, um, it's hard for me to answer that question because it involves math. Yeah. And math and reading are my only three weaknesses. Yeah. So I can't I can't really help you out on that one. Well But wrestling has always been around. It will always be around and it always has ups and downs. Well I know you're probably not gonna be able to divulge this publicly it's kinda of between you and your broker, but um, are you part of this action? There's there's something going on. I don't know if it's an insider deal or what, but uh, you're not going to say that on the air, so I probably... I'm not at liberty to say. All right, know. fine. I mean, there's still rumors I might be involved in the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. Oh, super. Uh, I might I might fight both of them, me versus both of them. Really? At the same yeah, time? Up in the ring, and, and yeah, me versus both of them. Yeah. Wow. That was, and it, God, I think they're, what are they already going to make? A couple hundred mil. If that ever got leaked, man, you could go over a billion. 
Oh. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for charity. You know, the, oh. the the people deserve the fight. Okay, all right, super. Well, world champion versus Pacquiao and Mayweather, and maybe John Cena too. Oh wow! Maybe even throw in Brock Lesnar. Well, it's funny that you brought that up. Uh, in your opinion, is Brock Lesnar about to lose his belt anytime soon? Because he seems like he might have lost a step or two in the ring. What do you think? Um, I think it probably will be happening, but do not rule him out. Do you do you think Roman Reigns could could take him if he got a shot? You know, if he, he is the person that they are they're pushing the most, and you know, he comes from his family history is loaded with world champion belts so it is possible well all right um well maybe i could steer this conversation a little bit to something more relatable to possible non-earthlings that that could be listening because wrestling might be a little foreign to someone from another planet what's your take on the mayans hanging out with aliens way back in the day i i you know i wish they had video cameras back in 900 ad or so because it would be really cool to watch that stuff don't you think they did have video cameras they back did? then, but the aliens took them back with them. Oh. So that's one of the reasons I go to outer space a lot is I want to get those videos. Wow! All right, I just I'm, okay. Yeah, no, you were you 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 almost answered your own question there. I did, but, which would have been the yeah. that would have been like uh, that would have been gold if I could. have. I'm trying yeah. to achieve that at one point in my career. All right, you know, if I might interject here, if it is in fact true that Judah has traveled to distant galaxies previously. Well, he'd be a tremendous contact to have if we do successfully engage listeners on other planets. I mean, he might be joking, but anything's possible with some of the technology I've read that the government has, but chooses to keep under wraps at Area 51. I don't think he was serious, but you know, I can call him back later after the show and ask a few questions, I guess. Well, just pretend you thought he was joking, but then probe around a bit and see if he would give up the truth if he felt comfortable with you. If Judah Friedlander really did travel to other planets, I doubt he'd be slumming it on this show. I mean, I guess I could see him still doing a, a network sitcom or, or Letterman, but the Spud Goodman show? I mean, really? Yeah, good point. Never mind. Um, so You know, looking back, I probably should have called Judah back after the show to press him, you know, off the air on whether he really has traveled to outer space. I was going to, but I, I kind of got sidetracked, and I never did. I mean, I seriously doubt it. He, he he was always an interesting guest for sure. You know, you never knew where he was going to go in the interview. And he is an attractive man. I kind of like his tractor hat look, that rugged, all-American, everyman vibe he has going on. Uh, but, Aunt Dorothy, you've said many times you hate that I always wear a baseball hat. Oh. I believe you said it makes me look like a, a sad little boy. That was very hurtful to hear, I got to tell you. Actually, I was the one who first said you look like an aging little boy in your baseball hat, Spud. I believe your aunt just said it was pathetic that men with uh, horrible hair uh, wear them to cover it up. You'll never have to worry about me wearing hats to cover up my hair issues, Dorothy. All of the men in my family have great hair until the day they die. Good. Uh, aunt Dorothy... What what the heck is the difference with Judah's trucker hats and my baseball hats? They're they're about the same. Oh, that's where you're wrong. Judah uses his trucker hats as a platform to promote worthy causes and project serious masculinity. You wear hats of baseball teams that you have no connection to. I went to your little league game, Spud. You hardly played in the games I saw. 
baseball was just not a good fit for you. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I was terrible at baseball, but I dig the hats, at least from certain teams, like like the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, geez, don't be such a hater. Oh, well, you did ask me. Well, whatever. I guess we're now going to play the conclusion to this episode, so somebody hit play. Uh, hey, Spud, you might want to take this call. Uh, he told one of the intern screening calls that he's an expert on life in outer space, I guess. Just because someone, you know, just, they say they're an expert on something doesn't mean they are one. You know, let, oh. let me be the judge of that. Put them on. Okay. Am I on the air? Uh, yeah. Well, at least for now you are. So uh, you say you're an expert on aliens from outer space, but, I mean, what are your qualifications? Seriously, I mean, Dr. Phil calls himself a doctor, and I'm not going to let him give me a physical exam. No way he's, like, cupping my jewels and telling me to cough. No way. If you're asking if I have an advanced degree in any particular field, the answer is no, but I have many years of personal research invested in my studies. Wow. There is no doubt there is intelligent life on many planets, both inside and outside of our solar system. Oh, in- no question. Inside our solar system? Really? I mean, no one's really laid that one out on us since, like, the 50s, you know, with those low-budget movie studios cranking out those weak-ass sci-fi classics. Everybody remembers those, but I've never heard, like, a real... i never heard Bill, Bill Nye say that. Uh, you know, Spud, I've learned in life, never say never. Maybe Pluto and, and probably the sun are out, but there are a bunch of other planets Yeah, left. well... Uh, the, the sun's probably out, right, caller? I, I mean, no, there's no doubt about that, correct? You are joking, right? Anyway, I'm fairly okay, confident it's out. in the next 24 to 36 months, NASA will confirm what a large number of us are quite aware of. There is considerable intelligent life in many locations besides Earth. Well, where? Where? Enceladus, for one. It's a small moon of Saturn, and it has everything needed to sustain life on it. And there's Titan, and Solidus's large sibling is also a logical candidate. Heard of those? It's the only planet I, I, besides I Earth sports liquid lake, so that is quite encouraging. Well, you know what keeps me from really buying into all this space alien crap? Uh, you know, I think it's just a lack of faith of everything in life, huh, Spud? You're not just a cynic. No, you are hey, like- oh, oh, I'm a cynic. Well, maybe so, but did I fall for a guy selling me a, a lucky Bigfoot's foot? Um. I could tell that was a fake a mile away. H- how'd you end up paying 45 bucks for that piece of junk made in China? I didn't see the made in China notice, okay? It was a simple mistake. I carried my lucky rabbit's foot around with me until I got married, yeah, and then I, the I wife threw the it away one day when I was sleeping. Yeah. I-, I know they couldn't guarantee good yeah, luck, but... yeah, yeah. Are we still talking about intelligent life on other planets? If not, then I have to go now. Yeah, I think we're about done with that topic anyway. No no offense, but you're kind of putting at least me to sleep here. And, and if you're going to call into a radio show, pick a more interesting topic next time, all right? Although I, I hope you're right about this because, you know, maybe we can expand our audience. And yeah. We need to do that. We all know that. Caller, right? I, I apologize. Right? Am, I, am I right? For, am I right? Uh, I'm sorry right, about uh, this. Thank anyway, you. Gotta, I, we got to go here. Okay. So, um, you know, this just hit me. Uh, this broadcasting to other planets might actually have a little bit of an upside because if anyone up there was actually listening to me right now, I'd be the first radio talk show host they have ever heard. Unless they, like, have, you know, them on their own planets. But I realize I'm not the greatest example of the human race or anything, but what if their first take of our culture was, like, Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity? I mean, they'd probably just blow the Earth up in hopes of saving other far-off distant civilizations for being exposed to that garbage. Boy, that's a good point, Spud. Shut the f*** up!
up, Donnie. You may not be some famous radio personality, but being bored by you is a lot less dangerous for us Earthlings than piping in those two guys. And I say that knowing it might offend my wife as she is quite fond of Sean Hannity. Sorry, honey, if you're listening, but I have to think intergalactically on this one. What? You know, there's something else we probably need to think about is possibly by sending this up there we could have yeah. like maybe give him a virus or something I, I don't know a whole lot about that and i guess it takes time to incubate so maybe we'll know later down the road well maybe in more advanced civilizations things happen much more quickly you know time is a flexible thing do you know much about quantum physics oh you mean the deepak chopra kind of time and space yeah. thing no i i think i saw it in people magazine i glanced at, at, at the guy and what he's saying i don't understand uh, my head. okay fine fine but just keep your mind open to all the possibilities that could be out there at this moment you could be a huge star right now somewhere in a distant galaxy really we're talking everything you've ever dreamed about happening here on earth and well i mean it's pretty certain that's probably not going to happen anytime soon so isn't this exciting The chances of Spud Goodman being a star on some other planet out there is as likely as him suddenly growing a full head of hair. But if he ever did become ever popular anywhere, boy, would he be really tough to bear. You know, I've, I've learned a lot about space and stuff since we did this episode back in 2015. I mean, I mean, we had astronaut Scott Kelly on the show last year. I should have asked him about whether a super ham radio could, could really broadcast our show to distant galaxies. He, he would know. Uh, I kind of wanted to, to believe it back then, even though I, I knew it was probably a load of crap. Because, uh, I mean, we really could have used some more listeners. And even like right now with this new podcast, it would come in handy. Uh, you know, I guess we'll never know for sure if we were heard in space. My old friend Jeff from work kind of disappeared shortly after that episode. He just up and quit. I, I tried to call him many times to see if everything worked out like he said it would, but uh, he kind of ghosted me. I think you got punked, Gerald. Oh, really? I'm sure your friend meant well, Gerald. It just sounds like his technology might not have been capable of such a thing. If we were heard all over the universe, then we probably still have a few listeners that have stuck with us over the years. I'm sure they have access to our internet, too. I I mean, it's possible. Dude, we couldn't attract enough Earthlings to keep our show out of radio obscurity over the years. You know, (laughs) I doubt that we have much of a following anywhere else. Anywhere else. Uh, just, Just let me wrap up this thing. Do I have to stick around or can I leave now? Uh, this episode is just about over, honey. You can tough it out. Okay, for you all, suck it up. Can you move it along, though, Spud? What are you waiting for? Just say goodbye. Uh, I will say goodbye when I'm ready to say goodbye. O- okay, then. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Now everyone can leave. Gee, thanks. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, a portentous harbinger of what the Internet of Things has in store for us all. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. The executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville. 
at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show podcast, copyright 2023 Spud Goodman Productions.